Hello, this is Father Gabriel Kite and Brother François Fontanier. And this is Wisdom from St. Joseph's Workshop for Radio Maria England. In one of our previous reflections, we spoke about St. Joseph as a model of workmen. Uh, today, we're reflecting on his title, St. Joseph, Pillar of Families. I love that the two go together in St. Joseph. On the one hand, you could look at him as the model of workmen focused on what we do, perhaps what we can produce. Now, I know in our reflection, we talked that talked about work being more than that. But just for the sake of today's reflection, I was thinking about that. Because when we think of St. Joseph, pillar of families, we focus on relationships, on connection and community. And St. Joseph is a pillar for that first community of the family. And so how do these two go together? Model of workmen on the one hand and pillar of families on the other. In God's mind, they go together. So that's the focus for today's reflection. I think this touches on something that's really important for our culture in these days and in our world, and perhaps questions you also might have, especially during these days where the question of providing for our families, providing for what they need is so pressing in our minds and in our hearts. But on the other hand, it's also a challenge that we live with in our culture because often the value of living together in community and perhaps even understanding that first community, the value of the family, can be reduced to simply um, what we can do for one another and perhaps what we can gain from one another. For example, in our culture, you know, to answer the question, why is it good for us to live together at all? The world might say, well, there's a value because you can do for me what I can't do for myself. And we come up with a mutual agreement between us that works out for us because it serves both of our self-interests. But is this enough to account for the value and the importance of being part of other people's lives? Can it really be reduced simply to what another can provide for me? You know, and as Christians, there's something about that that we would agree with, certainly. You know, it can be a service. You know, I can't fix my own boiler here, so it's great when someone else can come and help us with that and, and do that, what I can't do for myself. And certainly there's all kinds of benefits that we wouldn't um, do away with in that sense of providing for one or another, one another in that way, providing for one another in that way. But is that say enough? I don't think it does. And St. Joseph shows us that the value of living together transcends, goes beyond what we can do for one another. And this understanding of the value of the human person, of the gift of another person, begins at home, begins in the family. And we know no family is perfect. Every family struggles. Sometimes families can be also a place of great anguish and, and pain. But as I've mentioned in previous reflections, this doesn't have to take away from the truth that God intended for the family. You know, the purpose of the family is to be a place of love, 
a place where the value of the person is based on the fact of their existence before anything else that they do. And this is built in to our human nature. You know, if a child, a baby who can do nothing for us, the child just is. And yet for the mother and the father, that's enough. It's enough that this baby is. That in itself is a gift to them and for the world. St. Joseph lived with Jesus. We don't know how long he lived. It's typically understood that St. Joseph died before Jesus began his public ministry, but that's uncertain. In any case, we do know that Jesus lived for 30 years with St. Joseph before he did any kind of typical Messiah-type work. He lived for 30 years simply being a part of the Holy Family. He was just there, participating in, you know, as any child would do as he grew, making little steps in the workshop, perhaps, and all of this. But none of this made Jesus more valuable to Joseph and Mary. Jesus was a gift to them, just to be there as part of the family. That was enough. Yes, there would come a time where Jesus was called by the Father to be about his father's business in a particular way, to begin his public ministry of preaching and teaching and healing, and later his paschal mystery to suffer and to die on the cross. But all of that doing, all of that, you know, missionary Messiah activity came from, in the first place, receiving Jesus as a gift. And isn't it true that people misunderstood his teaching and his preaching and his activity, and certainly his greatest work, which was the cross and the resurrection, because they didn't receive Jesus in their midst. They couldn't deal with the reality of his presence among them. They had to exclude it based on their ideas and their preconceived judgments and notions. And this is a symptom of sin. You know, a symptom of reducing people to our own ideas in a way that excludes the wisdom of God. What does God have to say about Jesus? And as an extension of that, what does God have to say about every other human being that presents himself as a gift to me. You know, in light of God, if we can see everyone as a gift from God in the first place, and not simply as a function of my own self-interest or as a, a, a cog in my world of ideas, you know, then I can, you know, then I see that their real value you know, the value of a human person can't be reduced to what I think of them or what they can do for me or how they fit into my worldview. And we see in our culture so many rejections of people because of preconceived ideas about what they need to be able to produce and be. You know, they're inconvenient, therefore we need to get rid of them. This unborn baby, you know, doesn't fit into my my worldview right now. I can't receive this gift. This elderly person who's dying in a hospital, yes, you know, I, I, how can we hasten this process, please? People with disabilities and 
other inconveniences, you know, about their needs get excluded because it's too hard or for whatever reason they get reduced to an ideology. And we know in our experience of the 20th century what it looks like to exclude God from the equation when we try and understand the meaning and the importance of a human being. You know, they get reduced to a part of this social order and this social cog. We need the wisdom of God to understand each human person as a gift in and of themselves. And the only way we can understand how to build a society and build a civilization is to be forever aware of that first reality, that people have a value just because they are. They are a gift from God and they are loved and God wants us to receive them as a gift. Can we welcome each other in our families as a gift just for their own sake? This is the first step and the primary mark of love. You're loved, you're welcomed, and then in that place you can learn how to respond to that gift, how you can put that gift into action, how you can make choices that reflect the fact that you are a gift and that you are loved. You can say no to things that undermine that reality. Right In the marriage celebration, we hear the beautiful vows in sickness and in health. I am yours and you are mine. You're a gift. I receive you. St. Joseph is a pillar for our families because he shows us that it's not about us, but it's about receiving our spouses and our children, others, other people, other human beings as a gift and to serve them in love. And this is not just something, you know, that serves the other people in our life, but it actually affirms us in our own individual dignity as well. We're only able to love like that if we're first able to receive ourselves as a gift, that we can see ourselves as having a value that's not dependent upon what I can do or what I can make or what I can produce or what I can't produce or what I can't do or what I can't make. You know, my value is based on the fact that I'm, that I'm loved, that I exist. And when we can live from that place, you know, in our own personal experience of our lives, then this can transform everything we do. I think in our culture, we can see what happens, right? When we lose sight of that, when we build without reference to what we've received, you know, there's so much rupture from the past and the present you know, the present culture and the present mindset is to be divorced from the past. You know, we have to build for the future. We have to build into the future. And there's so much criticism and undermining of the culture, of the, you know, of the present structures and certainly of the past structures. But that's not how it's meant to be. You know, we don't make ourselves. We don't come into the world by ourselves. We come into the world through others through our mother and our father, and we're born into this world with a legacy, with a history and a culture behind us. You know, we receive our existence. We receive ourselves as a gift. And so when we build our culture, when we build civilization, when we look to the future, it has to be in reference to that first gift, you know, that reality of receiving our existence from God receiving our destiny from God, the meaning of our human existence from God. 
if we rupture, if there's a rupture from that experience, then our producing is disoriented. It's not oriented towards our good and our value, our destiny. It's formed by our own limited ideas and resources and the, and the dominant voices in our culture. St. Joseph teaches us and shows us that in order to build a civilization of love, our reference point needs to be God, from whom everything has its existence and in whom everyone finds their meaning, their purpose, and their destiny. And this God, St. Joseph teaches us, can be seen and known in the face of his son, Jesus Christ, the one who lived in his home, whom he raised, whom he loved, whom he encouraged. This is the God that teaches us the meaning and the value of who I am and to whom I belong, the family I belong to. Ultimately, each person's dignity and value is determined in part, yes, by the family they belong to, but more deeply and more really, we've mentioned this in other reflections, because they belong to the family who is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the family of the church. And so let's ask St. Joseph to really pray for us, that he would be the pillar of each of our families, protecting us, holding us on that foundation, that the value of every human being is based on their coming from God and their destiny in God that they are loved and that they are a gift to us, that he would defend the dignity and the value of every human person. And that St. Joseph also, as we look to the future, as we are called to, to contribute, to give to, the, to society, to build in some way that we would never lose sight of the value, the first value, of the, which is the family, that we would never lose sight and as we're called to contribute and to build in the present and for the future, to build a civilization of love, that we would remember that the first building block of any civilization worthy of our humanity, worthy of the great dignity of every human person, is a civilization built with the family as the first building block. So St. Joseph please pray for us that you would indeed be a pillar of our families and the families of the world. Amen. Mm -hmm.